After a long delay, the Department of Health and Human Services Office for Civil Rights is expected in 2016 to kick off the next round of HIPAA compliance audits. This next phase of audits is expected to be different than OCR's first round of audits a few years ago under its pilot program. I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with attorney Anna Spencer, partner and team leader for health information policy in Sidley Austin LLP's Healthcare and Privacy, Data Security, and Information Law Practices. Anna will be discussing what HIPAA-covered entities and business associates should expect from this next round of audits, how they can prepare, and what will likely be different from the last time. So now, Anna, OCR officials have said as recently as September that the agency plans to begin its next round of audits in 2016. What have you been hearing? When do you think OCR will actually begin this next round of HIPAA audits, and what should we be watching for? So I do think that the next round of audits will begin very soon, and the reason I say that is because Jocelyn Samuels, the director of the HHS Office for Civil Rights has publicly said that the office will begin the second round of audits very soon. So we don't have an exact date, but we know that OCR has selected its government contractor, FCI Federal, uh, which is a government services provider in Ashburn, Virginia, to perform the audit. So we know that that program is going forward and it should begin shortly. I would think that by the end of the year, we will at least have some indication that the program will start up again soon because the government will publish the protocol that it's going to be using to conduct that second round of audits. So now, have there been any new or recent developments or changes from what OCR originally said about their audit plans versus what they're saying now? A little bit, yes. About a year ago, there was some discussion and question about whether the program would even continue. There were concerns around funding of the program. So there has been a little bit of a shift because now it appears clear that The program will go forward. They must have secured the appropriate funding for that. And also know that this program will be different than the original program. The original program was aimed at education, educating covered entities on their compliance obligations. And this round of audits, the government has indicated, will be really more focused on meeting compliance obligations less about education, and there will be more, I think, possibilities of settlements or enforcement actions coming out of the program. In addition, this will be different from the last set of audits in terms of its scope. So the last set of audits focused solely on covered entities, and now this round will also be auditing some number of business associates for their compliance with HIPAA. So now you mentioned that you wouldn't be too surprised if HIPAA enforcement actions result from some of the audits. What do you expect OCR might do? Would there be financial penalties, corrective actions if they take a look at an organization's compliance and don't like what they see? Yes, I think all of that's possible. I do believe that this round of audits will likely lead to to at least some enforcement actions because 
for one, we're past the phase now where OCR said we're really using this program as an educational tool. So just given the passage of time from the deadline of compliance with the high-tech regulations, given that this is the second round of these audits, the idea, I think, is that covered entities and business associates have had time to get their house in order. And also, there is a significant amount of of political pressure on the agency right now. There's pressure from members of Congress criticizing the agency for not doing enough when it comes to protecting victims of medical breaches. And you've also got a couple of reports from the Office of Inspector General, OIG, criticizing the agency for, according to those reports, not doing enough to investigate, for instance, small data breaches and documenting corrective actions that it is requiring of entities that have experienced small data breaches. So I do think for a number of reasons that the second round of audits will almost certainly lead to at least some enforcement actions. And has the agency itself been hinting of that? I think they're holding their cards pretty close to their chest. They haven't clearly signaled that the second round will lead to an enforcement action per se, but they have signaled that the second round is different from the first round and that it's going to be less about education, almost signaling more of a a rigorous review. So I do think that they've signaled that it's going to be a different type of audit than the first type. So, Anna, with that said, what sort of covered entities and BAs do you think OCR will audit, and what should these organizations be looking to do before they actually get chosen for a possible audit? It's not clear exactly what types of covered entities and business associates will be pulled into this round. It's been suggested that there will be approximately 200 entities, including business associates, in this second round. We do know a little bit more about the makeup of the covered entities that were included in the first round of audit. In that program, there was real stratification, so the government came up with four levels of covered entities. And again, the level of stratification, the government, at least in the first round of audits, was really looking to to get a very broad representative sample of covered entities. I would expect the government to take a similar approach in this second round of audits, but we'll see. I think the purpose of approaching it this way is that it really gives the Office for Civil Rights insight into the level of compliance and helps them understand to what extent the revenues um, and the size of the entity has an impact on their level of compliance. So in terms of preparing, I think it's important to basically, you know, an entity needs to get its ducks in a row. It needs to have ready to provide to the agency certain things that are likely to be requested. So those would include, certainly, a risk assessment. That is a baseline document that the government has said over and over 
is just is critical to HIPAA compliance, in particular compliance with, with the HIPAA security rule. It was found in the first round of audits that as many as two-thirds of audited ent- entities had not completed a risk assessment as required by the HIPAA security rule. So that is something that really needs to be done in advance of potentially being included in the second round of audits. Also, documenting other things like the required policies and procedures under HIPAA, that would be very important. Appointing a security officer, appointing a privacy officer, these sorts of things that really are basic building blocks to your your HIPAA compliance program, all of those things should be done prior to possibly being targeted for this audit program. So now, Anna, OCR has also said that they're going to be developing an updated audit protocol. Do you think this protocol is in the works right now, and do you think we'll see it before the actual audits begin, or will this be something that gets tweaked along the way as this second round of audits are performed? The agency has indicated that a second audit protocol will be published prior to the audits being rolled out. I do expect that we will see another version of the audit protocol. And it may not be, I don't expect it to be vastly different, at least for covered entities, from the audit protocol that's already on the OCR website. That protocol was developed for covered entities and use in the audit of that type of entity. And of course, the obligations are different for business associates. And what I would expect is that the protocol now will include the steps necessary to audit compliance with business associate obligations um, in addition to the covered entity obligations. They needed to develop their protocol for the business associate piece, but I anticipate that there won't be huge differences between what's currently included in the audit protocol, at least for covered entities. In terms of OCR saying that they will likely do a mix of remote sorts of audits as well as some on-site audits, and then they also have a contractor involved right now. Should CEs and BAs be preparing differently depending on whether or not they're chosen for a remote audit versus an on-site, or could the remote audit end up being an on-site audit if OCR or the contractor sees a red flag? I don't think that entities really should be focused on... Now, Anna, when a covered entity or a business associate that informs a covered entity of a major breach involving 500 or more individuals ends up on the so-called wall of shame and... Mm-hmm. Whether a breach is large or small, we've seen some enforcement actions resulting from breach investigations. Being that OCR does do these investigations of entities that report breaches and they Mm -hmm. go in there snooping around to see how is compliance overall, do you think covered entities or business associates that haven't been on that wall of shame might be a prime candidate for these audits since OCR hasn't looked at what's going on? I would agree. You know, again, we don't have clear visibility into exactly how they're selecting candidates, but I agree with your observation. It's almost counterintuitive. You you might think that if an entity has a very large breach that they would be 
um, included in, in the audit program, but it's actually the reverse because of the reason I think that you gave. Um, the government has said that they perform some sort of review or investigation for every large breach, meaning every breach involving more than 500 individuals. So I think it's more likely if that they would include in this round an entity that they don't have any insight into because of a large breach or otherwise. Finally, Anna, on a slightly different topic, a group of four senators recently sent a letter to the Department of Health and Human Services asking for details on how OCR and also the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services track medical ID theft and how those agencies help victims of those ID theft crimes when they arise out of HIPAA breaches. Do you think OCR has the resources or the authority to track or help victims of medical ID theft? Does that fit into the scope of what they do under HIPAA? I think as a general matter, no. I think that CMS may be better suited because as a payer, they're going to presumably have better ability to identify where claims are being filed that do not appear appropriate. And for whatever reason, whether there's a large number or it's um, outside of the norm for that particular beneficiary, this is a major development, I think, because this is bipartisan effort. There's not a lot of bipartisanship occurring currently, and this will no doubt put significant pressure on OCR and CMS to do more in the way of helping victims of healthcare data breaches. But I completely agree. I, I don't see that OCR is in a great position to do some of what is asked by these senators. Uh, CMS is probably in a better position to provide that additional assistance. OCR could, for instance, require, I think, either as part of its enforcement activities or from a regulatory authority perspective. This might result in OCR requiring either as part of an enforcement action or a new regulation or guidance, perhaps, that covered entities offer a certain amount or type of identity theft protection as a result of a data breach. So certain state regulators, like the Connecticut Attorney General, are focused and big on making sure that entities that have experienced a data breach offer potential victims a certain level or type of identity theft protection. And so one thing that probably is within OCR's range of possible reactions would be to dictate, for instance, a certain number of years that identity theft protection, which is a standard response by covered entities that have experienced a data breach. But one might expect that OCR would be more prescriptive as a result of of pressure like this. So we'll see. It's an interesting and an important development, I think. Thanks, Anna. I've been speaking to attorney Anna Spencer. I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.